This episode is presented by Lost Bell Wines. Rebranding from one of the oldest wineries in Nova Scotia, Lost Bell is bringing a new twist to classic wines. The Lost Bell Rosé is sure to be your new go-to refresher with a gorgeous pink color and deliciously simple taste and finish. If rosé isn't your thing, their Saval or Baco Noir will be sure to thrill your taste buds. All of their wines are handcrafted in Falmouth, Nova Scotia by their wonderful winemaker, Tony. Kick back and sip the flavors of the valley with Lost Bell Wines by St. Femi. Welcome to the morning meeting with Sarah and Jess, where the tea is hot, the wine is chilled, and no topic is off limits. Pull up a chair and join us. There is room for all of you here. We won't limit seating, we'll just build a bigger table. Let's begin today's meeting. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jess. Welcome back to another episode of The Morning Meeting, everyone. This time, sponsored by our spanking new sponsor, Lost Bell by St. Femi Wines. How fun. Like, did you ever think we get a wine spot? I mean, come on. Dreams really do. The perfect match for us. It, It really is. As we are about to drop the second installment of the Wine and Gun series, this couldn't be more perfect. That's right. Just in time to welcome Dr. McMullen back to the table. We have our wine sponsor. Perfect. Hooray. Cheers to that. Cheers. What are you having over there, Jess? Well, I've got a glass of the rosé, of course. And I have a glass of Lost Bell Baco Noir. It is yummy. Could have called it. I mean, we are who we are. We're pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Something's never changed. No surprises here. (laughs) That's so the true. um the Saval, Saval, yeah, that one is Saval? a close second to the rose, but I'm just a rose lover, rose all day. So rose uh, all that's day. definitely a you nice take treat. A, you take it a step further. You're like rose all year. Not yeah, just I mean, I definitely don't go out of my way to purchase a bunch of rose in the winter time. It is definitely more of like my summer drink. But I do, I was excited um, to get this rosé just because it's the perfect, this is going to sound so freaking petty and I don't even care. It is the perfect glass to have for the Valentine's Day event that we're having. It is. Because it's pink. <laughs> Isn't it a gorgeous bottle too? Like they're, they're labeling. I love it. It's so nice. And it's just, yeah. rosé is just a really nice treat because it's just, it's refreshing and light and airy. And you just feel, I don't know, whenever I drink a glass of rosé, I picture myself like on the beach, you know, yeah, with my gals. It's fancier. Yeah. yeah, it's a little fancy. <laughs> it is. It's a little bit fancier. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Speaking of the Galentine's Day event, let's talk about it because that's another exciting announcement we have. So excitement, exciting announcement number one, we're back with Wine and Guide. Exciting announcement number two, we have a wine sponsor, La Spell by St. Femi Wines for this season. And exciting announcement number three, we're hosting our first virtual event, Galentine's Day with Sarah and Jess, coming up February 11th, 8.30 p.m. AST. Get your tickets. I was just going to say, get your tickets now. (laughs) Get your tickets now before they sell out. We've had a good response so far. It is exciting. I'm excited to be able to celebrate our gal pals, celebrate your gal pals, celebrate all the gal pals together. 
Yeah. Cause you know what? The beginning of 22, as we all know, and I'm sure we can all agree was a little bit of a crap shoot for many, many reasons. And to be honest, I think I can speak for everyone when it, I like, it just felt so heavy, like yeah. a really heavy start to the year. Yeah. And when Sarah and I were chatting about, um, even not even just this season, but like, you know, all these dreams and goals we had for the podcast, we, we had written down that we want to gather with our gals eventually and hopefully have, you know, a fun event. And then when we were talking about in person, we were like, well, that could be, <laughs> who knows when the heck we would be able to do that. Exactly. So then we thought, what about virtual? And we have planned with some really amazing small businesses, a really, really fun event that is just geared to gals. We can think of no better way to celebrate Valentine's Day than with our favorite gal pals from the morning meeting membership. Join us for a live episode recording with some very special guests who are on board in styling our lives and homes to be the best they can be. Let's get lost together. Seriously, hide from your kids, partners, pets, and grab a couple of your closest girlfriends, pick up bottles of Lost Bell by St. Femi at your local NSLC, and gather around our virtual table from the comfort of your couch. The evening will begin with a live chat with us, Sarah and Jess. Find out which one of us loves Valentine's Day and which one never has. We'll share some funny features, aka fails, for Valentine's past and take questions from you before being joined by by some very special guests. We'll kick things off with a wine tasting with Lost Bell by St. Femi, followed by some charcuterie tips for serving the perfect boards from Onboards Grazing, some easy home styling tricks from Generate Interiors, and basic skincare musts from Evergreen Spa Studio, plus a few special surprise giveaways throughout the event just for you. Dress up in your best, whatever that looks like for you. A fancy dress, love it. Cozy loungewear, perfect. Heart print PJs, we want a pair. Cameras on are encouraged. We want to see your shiny, happy, beautiful faces. Whether you are solo or safely gathering with a few of your girlfriends, we can't wait to have you join us for some gal pal loving and share a few laughs. A live show. What could go wrong? A portion of the proceeds raised through ticket sales will be donated to the Cape Breton Transition House to help eliminate violence against women and children. The event is Friday, February 11th at 8.30 Atlantic Standard Time and tickets are on sale now will be in our show notes on this episode and found in our bio on Instagram as well. What? Galentine's with Sarah and Jess presented by the Morning Meeting Podcast, Lost Bell by St. Femi Wines, and the Lakes Resort, Cape Breton. When? Friday, February 11th, 8.30 AST, where our virtual table, aka Zoom, link will be provided at checkout. And why? Because it's 2022 and we deserve it. Jess and I will be joining you live from the Lakes Resort in a beautiful two-bedroom chalet, and we are so excited to show you around that spot. If you're interested in staying at the Lakes with your girlfriends, check them out for a local staycation soon. So we won't leave you hanging any longer. We've got our second series, or our, the second episode of our Wine and Guy series with um, Dr. Jillian McMullen. And like just when I thought I knew by vulva, vagina. Like, I mean, I thought I knew what's going on. Like you have this thing for 30 some years. You think, you know, what's up with it. Well, guess what? I don't, <laughs> I didn't even know how to clean the goddamn thing. So <laughs> this episode buckle up. helped me beyond just, yeah. Just when you thought you couldn't learn another thing about your vulva, we learned a whole you bunch do. and what we learned, we learned that we were doing 
most things wrong. Everything wrong. Literally, I had to go on my shower and throw everything out. Let's get started. Our second installment of the Wine and Guide series starts now. Let's welcome Dr. Jillian McMullen back to our table. Hi, Jill. Hi, Jill. Hi, Sarah and Jess. Welcome back to the morning meeting. We missed you. Yay. I'm so excited to be back. Wine and Guide episode two. This is so exciting. So exciting. We were waiting for our next Wine and Guide since we left the first Wine and Guide. Which when was that? Was that back in May or June? Because I remember I had a dress on. So it was springish, right? I think it was. Let me check. There was no snow on the ground. I'm sure of that. I'm pretty sure it was late June, early July. Okay. Like it, it, we published wow. the, the episode on July 30th and I think we recorded it oh, like a week or two. Sometime before, before that. that, I feel. Yeah. Right. So it's, wow. been, it's been a long time. It's been a while. Well, if, thank God we're back. Thank God. Yes. And if you joined us for our first Wine and Gine, you met everyone's favorite OBGYN, Dr. Jillian McMullen. On that episode, we had a great chat about Jillian's path to OBGYN, obstetrics and gynecology. She informed and educated on us us on so much that we did not know, even though we've lived our whole lives with vaginas and vulvas. And Jill, you wouldn't believe like the response we got from that episode was absolutely incredible. People were just so thankful for the information and just to get it in such like a positive way. And yeah, like the amount of people that messaged that they were making appointments for the Gardasil vaccine and just to to be knowledge, to, to feel like they got the proper information on that, like not just secondhand from like right from the horse's mouth, so to speak, yeah. right? Like just so thankful for that information. And um, yeah, like, you know, it's not always easy to get an appointment with an OBGYN just to talk about that stuff, right? So just to have that conversation was meant a lot. So great oh. response. Great to have you back. Learn more stuff. We're really excited. Oh, thank you for that. That makes my heart smile. And thank you for having me back. I've been waiting excitedly since July. I can't believe that. I know. It's wild. We're living in a vortex. Time is just (laughs) time. time What year is it? I don't know. What's happening? It feels like we're back in March of 2020. It really does. It's wild. And we were so lucky to sit around a physical table for our first uh, wine and grind. But as season two progresses, we think our more and more of our table chats will be around our virtual table. So we are glad that you were able to join us this week. We'll take what we can get. That's right. (laughs) As Jessica said, the last episode with you was so well received. I think Jess, it was our most downloaded Mm -hmm. and most listened to, like most streamed episode yet. So you are popular, Dr. McMillan. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And we left off, I mean, first of all, we discussed the difference between a vagina and vulva, which may have been their most important point we talked about in that conversation, but we talked about so much and we left the listeners. So if you haven't heard that episode, you want to go back to season one, episode 13 and have a listen to our great chat with Dr. McMullen. But we left off, if you did listen, you will remember, we left that chat off with Jill leaving us with the fact that we should all throw out any type of Vagisil or cleaner or cleansers or anything that's marketed to us to be clean and fresh and whatever else. Uh, She said, get rid of it. 
and we'll tell you why next time. We didn't know next time. Would Sorry be to leave you hanging yeah. for months. <laughs> the ultimate cliffhanger. The ultimate cliffhanger. But for this episode, we decided to get more specific and we're going to talk about vulvar dermatology. So Dr. McMullen, why don't you start us off by telling us or reminding us all the difference in between our vagina and vulva or our anatomy down there in general. And then we can give the listeners what they've been waiting for. Sounds good. So this episode, like Sarah said, is going to be about gynecologic dermatology. So dermatology is the study of diseases of the skin and skin structures. So your hair follicles, your sweat glands, the subcutaneous tissue just below the skin. And gynecology is the study of female reproductive organs. So when you put them together, basically what we're going to talk about today is the skin and skin structures around the female reproductive tract and problems that can arise from there. But the first step is to understand what's what and what you're seeing down there. So last episode- You're looking. Yeah. <laughs> you're looking. We should if you're look. looking. <laughs> quick, quick. We all should look, but we'll, t- we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. <laughs> uh, last episode, we kind of summarized it in the end that the vulva is everything on the outside and the vagina is what's on your inside. Right. So the vagina is that smooth muscular tube that connects the uterus to the outside. And it can stretch to just amazing levels to allow a baby to come out and then Don't go back to normal. Don't we know that ever? Yes. <laughs> Don't we know it? But it's entirely on the inside. Your vulva <laughs> is what's on the outside. And so there's a whole bunch of different structures within the vulva. And that includes the labia minora majora, which sometimes people call the lips of the vagina. Okay. The introitus, which is the area, the circle just on the inside. And the vestibule, which is kind of that area between the introitus and the lips of the vagina. And then there's the perineum, which is the area between the vagina and the anus. I wonder how many people are Googling pictures of vaginas right now so that they can follow along with that. Could I send you guys a decent diagram that you could put somewhere? Yes, definitely. I would 100%. I also I wish they could see your hand motions right now because that was such a wonderful nonverbal representation of all of those parts. I am trying it. I am trying to visualize it and I'm like, is real, all of that really down there? Wow. I can be the first to admit I wouldn't know probably like 70, 80% of the terms you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And that's because we don't really we talk, don't talk about, about it. this stuff. That's right. Yeah. This is an area that's really under discussed. Right. Probably within the medical profession, I think it's because we do have a lack of comfort with it because we don't get a lot of exposure in our training. And then as women, I think there is this embarrassment, which there shouldn't be, and which the three of us are trying to combat. That's right. So we don't really talk about what's down below, what's normal, what's not normal. And so hopefully we can correct some of that. But the first step is to know what is down below. Right. Right. And probably one of the biggest things that we need to clarify is that your urethra is where the pee comes from. And it is separate from your vagina, which is where the baby comes out, and your anus, which is where feces come out. But like... Three holes. I know that there's three holes. Mm -hmm. But like, anyway, you know what? Okay. Yep. No, do it. Go for it, Jess. Ask it. If you're thinking it's someone else's, what's the question? Like, it's the tampon issue. I know there's three holes and pee comes out a different hole. But when you insert a tampon and then you pee, the tampon still falls out. Like what? Like, so obviously the two holes are incredibly close together and are affected. Yeah. Right. It's a similar set of muscles. So when you're bearing down to pee, 
you're also pushing down and putting pressure on the vagina and therefore right. the tampon. And that's right. why, and they are, the urethra is right at the top of the vagina, like right. right at the top. And it's actually hard to see unless you are able to separate the labia and get good lighting and look with a mirror. So in the OR or in the hospital, when we're catheterizing someone, we do have to have that whole setup right. to really be able to see right. the urethra. It's not right. a structure right. that's just out there and obvious the way that the vagina and the anus are it's much smaller it kind of hides because it's that little foldy tissue all around it so it is a lot harder to see right right but they are closely connected I have a feeling that if all vulvas looked the same we wouldn't be as maybe embarrassed or nervous or question or like be just nervous to talk about it in general if they all just friggin look the same but they don't so then we're left feeling like is it normal? Is mine not like what is normal? But I know you talked about that, that they're all. Every vulva is a good vulva. Yeah, exactly. I love, I love that. Okay. That's for headlining that yeah. on the graphic. <laughs> Every vulva is a good vulva. I love that. Like You need to patent that one. We should get shirts sure made. We should get shirts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's for where for our next one, guys. Every we have to do that. Like I'm, put, I'm writing it down. We're doing it for the next wine and guide. You should look, and we'll put up the diagram so that you can see what we're talking about and follow along. But it's good to know your own anatomy because vulvas are different, just like our faces and our hands and our bodies are different, one person to the other. And it's only by looking that you're going to know what your vulva looks like, and that way you're going to know if there's any changes. Right. Right. And that's important because changes are usually what the problem is. Changes are things that need to be brought up to your doctor. Right. And if you don't know what was there before, how can you know that there's something new? Right. So true. If you're not looking down there and looking down there consistently, you don't don't know. know. How would you ever know? You don't know the duration. You don't know if it's different. Yeah. And that is all important in the history that you're giving to your doctor too, because let's say you find a lump or a bump or something that you're worried about. The first question the doctor is going to ask is how long has it been there? Is it changing? Right. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know, that is an important piece of information that's missing. That's so simple. But I honestly think that is just the encouragement, at least I need, or that we need to start looking. Like if that doesn't encourage us or inspire us to get more familiar with that. It shouldn't scare you. Yeah. We've all got vulvas and they're all good. That's right. Just a reminder for anybody who is embarrassed if they're going to see their family doctor, or their OB-GYN or any sort of physician who's going to look down below. We see so many, we're not going to remember yours. Right. No Every vulva is unique, but they're not so unique that we're going to remember them. Right. Good to know. It's figuring out what's normal, like what's baseline for normal for this yes, area exactly. in women of a certain exactly. age or a certain whatever, right? Like what, what are we looking so, at and what are we looking for? Exactly. So if you are looking or if you're looking at the diagram that we've posted, you'll notice that the different structures on the vulva don't look the same. The skin does not look the same. So the labia and the jora have what we call stratified or keratinized stratified squamous epithelium. So that's like the skin that's everywhere else on your body. And it contains keratin, which is used for protection. So the labia and the jora are kind of those fat pads, the bigger lips. Right. And they provide protection for your vagina. Right. Because they are like the skin on the rest of your body, they've got sweat glands and they've got hair follicles. That's normal. Mm-hmm. But when you move in towards the labia minora, 
you'll notice that the texture of the skin feels a little bit different. There's no mm -hmm. hair there and you can't feel this or see this, but there's no sweat glands. And that's because it's non-keratinized squamous epithelium, otherwise known as mucous membrane, don't have keratin. So there's less protection for them, right. which is why if you're going to have injury or trauma, that's where we're often seeing it. Right. The okay. menorah, they lack that protective protein. And so does your vagina. It's just really that there's two different types of skin there, really. Right. And one looks like the skin on the rest of your body and the other doesn't. That's why we need to take care of our vulvar skin and our vulvar area a little bit different than you do the rest of the body. Right. Because even though it's super tough because it can birth a baby and it can hold up to everyday life. Right. It still needs to be treated gently. Right. Like and a, a lot of flower. us, unfortunately, are not taking care of our vaginas, right? Or right. our vulvas. Hmm. It's so true. I'm so interested so, to know, like, what is the right way? So first of all, let me just say that this is all recommendations. So you might right. be doing some of these things and right. you're getting along fine and you're going to think, what does she know? And if you're getting along <laughs> fine, that's great. Awesome. Right. This is more, if you're having problems with dryness or pain or yes. itching, you need right. to look at your regimen and see if there's things that you need to tweak. Right. And right. also keep in mind that your skin changes. As we get older, our skin gets less resilient. So you might find that you become a lot more sensitive and these things become more important as you go through life. So right. if you hear something that I say and you're like, I do that and I'm fine, awesome. So like, but don't fix what's not broken kind of thing. Don't. Yeah, that's fine. But if you're listening and you're having issues, maybe look at some of these things and see if you're doing things that aren't ideal for your vulva. Right. You think you're helping, but it might not be. But it might not be. And that often comes from this horrible, awful, pervasive idea out there that our vulvas are somehow dirty. It's mm. so true. And they aren't. Your That's... vulva is no more dirty than anywhere else on your body unless you're doing a mud hero naked. It is the <laughs> exact same example. I love it. That is so true. And, and if you're doing a mud hero naked, good for you. But yeah, otherwise, that. your vulva is, God, it's less dirty than your hands. You've got that thing covered up all day. Your yeah. hands are touching people and phones and doorknobs. So that's, that's rooted in consumerism, right? Like, like this is being sold to us so that they can sell us these they things. Can sell you us need things. this, you need yeah. the pH balancing, the, right. the, you so should like, worry about this, but it's right. really, we don't have to be in no in everyday sense, in a general term. So that's one thing I hate about Vagisil, right? is that it's very much marketed as, hey, your vulva and your vagina and your female reproductive structures are dirty and wrong, and you need something special to clean them. And that's not true. It's not helpful. And it contributes to this feeling that somehow being a woman is bad. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the other so problem true. with Vagisil is that it has benzocaine in it. And benzocaine is the most common offender when it comes to allergic contact dermatitis. Wow. So, and the more you use it, the worse the problem gets because your allergic reaction gets stronger. Oh, so first yeah. of all, you don't need it. Second of all, it's more expensive than just regular soap. Of course. So you're shelling out money for something that's not going to help. And may the actually pink tax. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It is a pink tax. So you don't need it. Get rid of it. The other thing is Vagisil has scents and dyes in it. Mm -hmm. Right. And those also can be major contributors to contact dermatitis. 
So there's like a little wash. I think it's just like, what is it? Like a pH balancing wash or something. But then there's also like a little anti-itch cream, right? So those would have two different perfumes. Don't need any of them. Okay. Interesting. Basically, we'll go over the things that you're, you yes. can do and that you need. But all these fancy brand name women specific things are not. So like Summer's Eve, Vagisil. No, you don't need any of that. Like highway robbery, isn't it? How can they even create these things and then market them to us as if we need them when they know there's things in them causing us harm? Or potential harm and not but really I know, and I know we're going to get into like more specifics of like what to do if we have issues like itchiness, dryness, mm-hmm. whatever. But I feel like people are probably going out and buying these products for those reasons. Like obviously maybe whether it's Absolutely. yeah, like a yeast infection, maybe, or maybe it's just itching from something else. When you go to the shoppers drug mart or whatever, and you see like anti-itch, well, of course it's like, oh, well, that's my problem grab the Vagisil, mm-hmm. but like you were saying, it doesn't probably fix the problem. It probably just makes it worse and prolongs it because it's of what that ingredients in it. Exactly. So it's not actually solving the problem. And it's not, when it comes to itch, I can tell you that any sort of wash is not going to help that problem. I was just going to say- That's not addressing the issue. Isn't that interesting? Because they And they probably know that the majority of us are likely not wanting to ask anyone about it being itchy. So we'd rather buy something that said anti-itch to fix the problem. Then go to our doctor. The basic vulvar hygiene stuff that you need to know. First of all, don't scrub. Your vulvar skin might be tough enough to deal with scrubbing, but your labia minor is not. Okay. So get rid of the washcloth, get rid of the loofah. All you need to do is use your fingertips to wash off. Okay. Don't scrub. And when it comes to drying, pat dry. Oh yeah, I'm doing that wrong. Don't rub. <laughs> I'm just... Most of us are, yeah. You just you're just like rushing, you and you're just like you know, you're not taking the time to gently pat, dry. Pat. No, pat, pat. Because pat. usually we're running late, and we want to get out the door, and we don't yeah. want to just pat dry. But that scrubbing is not good for your skin. In terms of what to use to actually clean off, really, you only need to use water, and you only need to clean your vulva once a day. What okay. do you mean, only water? You just need to rub water. With your fingertips and not with a wash. So no, no dove soap. Because that's what I use now. I wash it with dove soap or whatever. If you absolutely feel that you do need to use soap, and I can appreciate that most of us do feel like we need to use soap. You want to use something unscented, like a dove unscented bar. But like, okay, I hear, okay. Because I'm not questioning what you're saying at all. I'm just kind of wondering like for the hot summer days, Jill, when it's really hot down there. Is water really going to do the trick? I don't, am I really going to have to go and say like the odor? Like really? There, I said it, everybody. You're welcome. You said it, girl. You said it, girl. <laughs> and it's hard to say. For some people, it might be enough. It depends on how sweaty you are, how inclusive your clothing it was, how inclusive your clothing was, what you were doing. And that's why we say, if you do need to use soap, this is what you use. Yeah. And it's the Dove Unscented Bar, which is like 99 cents. Right, right think about the area like it is an area that's going to get moist and get warm and often that's because we're wearing clothing that we shouldn't which is tight and occlusive and it doesn't allow things to breathe and it lends to that right so like I said it's ideal that you use water only I can appreciate that most of us are not going to feel comfortable with that so just go get your bar soap no scents no colors nothing fancy just a bar soap. That is and make sure advice. you rinse properly. Right. Right. Don't be leaving soap on your skin. Right. So these pH balancing things that like our market, is there ever a reason why we would ever need to address 
the pH levels of our vulva? Of your vulva, no. For your vulva, for your skin, no. All this pH balancing wash, you just need your Dove Unscented Bar. That's and, or, it. And Don't water. get fancy. Interesting. Or, and, or water. I think we used the term like a self-cleaning oven last time, right? Like we're, yes. they're basically- And that's for your vagina. That's for the inside. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad skin, we made that. Yeah. yeah. The skin on the outside is still skin like anywhere else. Okay. Right? Like, so your vulvar skin, it's going to shed. You're going to shed skin cells. You're going to sweat. You grow hair, just like the rest of your body. Right. But the vagina, and we're skipping ahead a little bit, but that discharge that you get is the vagina cleaning itself. Okay. Oh, God, I never thought of it that way. It's getting rid of things. You do not need to put anything inside your vagina to clean it out. Okay. Your body's got that handled. It does not need your help. It does not want your help. You heard it here first, ladies. No douches. No douches. Figuratively and literally. (laughs) No douches. (laughs) No douches. You heard it here first. Please. That is so interesting. So don't be putting anything up inside unless it's prescribed by a doctor. And this is probably a question. So you can just tell me, like, no, that's for next episode. But because it's probably related more to the vagina than it is the vulva. But do you ever find that you have patients questioning the type of underwear that like that they use? Yeah, because it causes well, people don't question it, and we should be questioning right. Because I notice personally that, like, if I wear anything other than cotton underwear, I get a yeast infection. Yep, yep. and that's because anything else is occlusive and it's not letting air okay get to your sense. vulva, get there, let things dry out, and anything that's warm and moist, yeast, bacteria, they all love to grow there. So, you need to be getting yourself some cotton underwear. So full the on, hundred percent cotton. cotton. And most lingerie stores now, like you can actually just look specifically for cotton. Like it'll okay. be a filter because that is something that's becoming better now. So like I'm just yeah. showing a literal picture of my silky cute underwear, but these are silky, right? So it's like these are, and they're and they are going to make your you can't breathe and you can feel that when you touch it. There's no way you can breathe. It is guaranteed. Yeah. Like literally, I and I'm going to tell this story. So I went away for my um like one year anniversary last September, and of course I went and got all the like fancy underwear before we went because it's like the only mm-hmm. time I'm going to wear those. Obviously, like otherwise I'm wearing my Calvin <laughs> Klein's on um, regular Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. And I came home and I got like, I always laugh at this. I'm like, our lovely vacation gave me a freaking yeast infection because I wore these stupid things the whole time. But I'm so glad to hear you confirm that because I self-diagnosed that after years of issues and finally pinpointed it. But so it's so good to hear you confirm that like, yeah, that makes sense. And if you want to have like your sexy lingerie time, great. Don't wear it all the time. Right. Use it it for what it's intended for. Short term. It does not need to be for the long term. Put it on, take it off. No, absolutely. It is not designed to stay on for a long period of time because if it does, it's just going to make your skin sad. Oh, I wonder if that's for everybody too. Like, I always Mm -hmm. wonder that. Like, am I the only one who can't wear like the cute, silky underwear? No. Like, you are not. Good to know. I'm going to, and we all have different levels of resilience. Some people are going to listen to what we're saying and say, we don't need it. Like, I'm doing great. I don't need to do any of these things. I don't have skin problems. Awesome. We are very jealous. Yeah, exactly. But for a lot of us, we do have sensitive skin and these sorts of things make a huge deal. So again, like it's like we said at the beginning, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't do any of that and it's fine. Great. This is for if you're not doing great, if things are not good. I totally need to readjust. Absolutely. Yeah. So 
I would say the don't scrub is for everyone regardless. Okay. Like if you're doing that, it's just not necessary. Yeah. Don't scrub. Because why, why are you scrubbing? Do you think things are dirty down below? They're not. We've cleared that up. Yeah. Check your why. Check your reason why you're doing that. There's no need. And then patting dry again. We can all take the extra 30 seconds that we're not taking because those 30 seconds of the morning are not going to be a damn thing. (laughs) I'm going to try just the water though. I'm going to give that a hook. Yeah. See how it goes. And if you don't like it, then again, go back to your unscented, undyed bar of soap. Right. But give it a try. And then nothing topical, nothing, none of your vagisils. I would say that's for everybody. It's not necessary. They're getting more money out of you than what you really need to be spending. You mean mean like the anti-itch cream? Top, like so, topical yeah. or what's topical anything so so your vagisil, vagisil okay. summer's eve okay don't so your there is too. no need to be putting moisturizing lotion on your vulva mm, right None. i feel that would just if your skin feels yeah dry put on some vaseline do not put oh. our fancy schmancy bath and body works body right. butter that's great for skin everywhere else, but it has dyes and it has scents and that stuff will dry out your skin worse down below. And your labia minora, that mucous membrane is prone to becoming dry. So leave it alone. So, okay. Right. So just do a follow-up to that. Cause I know I'm not the only one. I feel like I'm like the one, like <laughs> I'm being so vulnerable right now, but, um, obviously when I like groom and like shave my vulva, I find well, depending on the razor, like if it has the like little gel things attached to it, sometimes I can get so freaking broken out. It is like painful. And then when I'm wearing underwear, it's all like bumpy and sore. And like, I'm talking like next level, so sore for like a day. So like, what do you, is this even, I'm hoping this is something you can answer, but like, do you have a recommendation on like when we are grooming the area, like what we should we be using? Like, and if you are going to get razor burn and stuff, is there anything we can do Cause you're saying no moisturizers. So I'm like, ah, so Vaseline. Let's talk about, let's talk about grooming. Okay. And again, people probably aren't going to love my answer and that's okay. There is no method of hair removal that is not going to cause injury to your skin. Right. Some of us have more resilient skin and we can get along fine, but there's still micro abrasions, little degrees of cuts, oh, inflammation awful. that occurs in it's your skin. Awful. And maybe right. you're resilient and it doesn't bother you or you don't notice it awesome. But there's a lot of the rest of us where you do get razor burn. You do get little ingrown hairs after you do get cuts. And in the worst case, I have seen people get abscesses, like really serious infections from hair removal. So the appropriate doctor answer is the only safe method of grooming down there is trimming because that's the only way that's not going to actually damage your skin. Right. With that said, people want to remove their hair. So, and I don't think waxing versus shaving, I don't think one is necessarily better than the other with the caveat that if you're going to go get a wax, please go to somewhere that's reputable Mm -hmm. that uses good hygiene. Uh, That is not an area where you want to scrimp and save your dollars. Right. Right. Shell out for a professional who's going to do a good job. And I would say probably not the greatest idea to do something like that at home, unless you really know what you're doing. Exactly. Right. And have what you need at home to make it a hygienic procedure. Right. Right. And some of us might, but a lot of us probably don't have the knowledge or no. the materials at home to do that in a way that's going to be hygienic and safe and clean. Right. Um, so the main thing is beforehand, you obviously want your skin to be clean. Mm-hmm. Right. So you don't want to go in there 
having just done your naked mud hero, <laughs> right? <laughs> having had, you know, it, you don't want to have just gone to the gym and be a sweaty right. mess. Probably you don't want to do any of these things anyway, but it's a good idea to shower before you go to clean off your skin, to try to reduce any bacteria that might be there. Smart. Afterwards, try to leave your skin alone for 24 hours if you can. Don't put anything mm-hmm. on it. Wear cotton underwear, hands off. Right. Just right. to let your skin have a chance to heal because nothing that you're going to put on is going to help it heal. Things that you put on will help with your symptoms. Right. That's not going to help it heal. Right. So try as best as you can to keep your hands off of it. And maybe that's scheduling to schedule later in the day. Right. So would you, so you can have it, you can go home and then you can go to bed and keep your hands to yourself. Right. But then if you are getting razor burn, if you are getting dryness, heat discomfort, petroleum jelly, okay. otherwise known as Vaseline, yeah. that's your safest bet. Um, it's not going to cause any more irritation than you already have. Right. It's cheap and it's safe and it doesn't have anything nasty in there. That's going right. to cause problems for so you. So like in, as you're saying, like, don't use anything with scents and dyes and all these things. I'm just thinking of like the razor. It's literally like purple with the gel, like the soap on yeah, the other end. Like no gel. wonder it's breaking me out beyond yeah. belief. Like it's actually so sore. And I, I could care less about the look of it. I just do it because I, I have to, I ha- I'm uncomfortable if I let it grow out. You know what I mean? Like I, the trimming wouldn't be yeah. enough for me. Like I'm very uncomfortable. I'm just like it, itchy. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, so I'm like, I have to, I want to shave to feel more comfortable, but then when I shave, I'm uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable. But yeah. I think it's because my skin try, is Have sensitive. you tried a safety razor? A what? Safety razor? I'll send you a safety oh. razor. Slash me Google little, safety like, razor. You might want to practice, you might want to practice on your legs first but it doesn't have that protective like that not that protective but it doesn't have that gel crap right but I thought that the gel crap would be like would help with like the gliding of the razor one would think that's what they want us to think though that's what that's how yeah. to oh you can get it in rose gold you, I know <laughs> mine is rose gold <laughs> that's not mine I'm sure we're looking at the same one I love and you, you guys that's was friendly perfect. there is one from net zero Oh, that is like eco-friendly and you can, what's nice. They are a lot more eco-friendly for those of us out there who are having that on our radar for 2022. Cause you just yes. replaced the blade, which is metal. Oh. The razor itself, you can use like the body of the razor, the thing that you hold, you can use forever. I love that. You're helping your vulva and your, and name. the environment. It's a win-win classic women taking on everything. I'm going to have to try that, but I would practice on your legs. Cause it does it did take me a little while to figure out because it doesn't necessarily like if you've used the regular ones all your life. Okay. You do have to be a little more careful. It glides. I can just imagine. It just handles differently. It's hard yeah. to describe, but practice for a little bit and then. Okay. Saint Femi has been crafting award-winning wines from the warmth and beauty of the estate vineyard for almost 30 years. Overlooking the beautiful Avon River Valley, Saint Femi's winery celebrates the coastal terroir that has been coaxed from the earth, the sun, and the vine that root the winery in stunning Falmouth, Nova Scotia. Inspired by the impressive history and winemaking tradition at Saint Femi comes the newest addition to the lineup, Lost Bell by Saint Femi Wines. The trio of Lost Bell wines includes Rosé, Saval, and Baco Noir. 
The fresh look and flavors of Lost Bell set them apart from the competition. Shop on site or online for the complete wine profile, as well as unique locally sourced items. St. Femi ships Canada wide. StFemi.com. www.st-famille.com. I was just nodding along listening to that conversation because, and maybe I'm in the minority here, but what like moisturizers for down there? The thought of that makes me itchy. So I don't yeah, know. I didn't I, know that I was even a thing that people would use I moisturizer down there. have never felt the urge to put moisturizer down there. Yeah. But dryness is a problem for a lot of people. Right. At many different stages of your life for many different reasons. Yes. Um, if it's becoming a real problem, you need to talk to your doctor about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. If that's If that's a problem though, that's not a problem as if like my hands are dry and I put moisturizer on them. No. We're talking no. like a different scenario, right? That so you should be talking like hormonal. Yeah. Like it'd be a hormonal probably imbalance yes. or something like that. So that's where you're exactly. saying some of these things may help your symptoms, but they're not helping the issue. And if no. you have excessive dryness or et cetera, et cetera, then it's you need what to, you're using probably isn't helping. You're not you addressing get the to the Right. You got to get the root. Even the, the anti-itch. Creams and I did look up the Vagisil anti itch does have hydrocortisone in it, which you can also get over the counter, which is going to be cheaper and work just as well. Right. That's going to help with the itching. Mm-hmm. But you, if you're having ongoing issues with dryness, with itch, you need to have someone look. Right. Right. So like you need to go see your doctor and you need to have somebody look to see and make sure that what to find out what's going on. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just temporizing with symptoms. Right. Because even right. with the yeast infection kits, like the canestin, they come, well, some of them, like unless you just get like the, the dose and then you don't get the cream with it, but some do have the option to buy the cream as well um, for outside, obviously like for the vulva for anti-itch, but it's kind of like a, so is that, yeah. Is that okay? Is that what you're labeling as a moisturizer though? No, that was, I think most of them are actually an anti-cream. Okay, Okay. that's different. And that would be useful if you had the yeast infection and it was affecting the outside. Like if you could see the white clumps on the actual labia minora, it's actually on the vulva. But if it's just discharge from inside, if it's just itching from inside, why are you putting an antifungal on the outside? Well, sometimes I like just speaking from personal, pre- personal, like preference, like, or personal experience. Um, I find when I do, and I have, I get them all the time. So I'm like well-versed in yeast infections, unfortunately. Um, the inside mm-hmm. I feel like is itchy, but then just, just on like the tips of the outside, it's like inflamed, right? Like it's, it's sore. So maybe it's not right. itch, maybe it's more sore. And that's where I'm getting thrown off so I'm like putting say getting kind of an inflammatory reaction which is which is angry and hurts so that's probably just weighted out or that goes part and parcel with these reactions because it does cause inflammation if you treat it with whatever you're going to treat it with um that will get better with yeah exactly yeah no that's good to know thank you for clarifying that I appreciate it just in case there was anyone else speed it up though it won't speed up right Okay, so we know not to use the the creams or the Vagisils or the cleansers, et cetera. We talked about grooming mm-hmm. on your list over there, Jill, that we need to know about our... So basically, one way to kind of look at, oh, should I be putting this on my vulva? Probably not <laughs> to start with. But if 
things that you really want to avoid, there is nothing scented that needs to go on your vulva. Okay. No sense. Nothing scented. Nothing dyed. Nothing you dyed. do not need purple or pink, anything. Right. Dyes are unnecessary. And be wary of anything, like read your product list. Right. Read the ingredient list. See what's in there. Alcohol, benzocaine, mm. loads of chemicals. You don't want to be putting that on your skin. Okay. Basically, you need to simplify what you're doing. Right. I love Keep that. It Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Water. And if Cotton underwear. Un- water and dove soap. Yep. Unscented. Yep. Love it. Don't put unnecessary crap. If this isn't just a metaphor for everything we've done in our lives, like we overcomplicate because of the do. media. Literally right down to the care of our vulvas. Like, but look at hmm. what I just did though. I was like, oh, there's a rose gold safety razor yeah. or whatever it's called. Like I need to have But it. we yeah. all do it. Yes, yes we do. That's, it tickles that little itch in your brain that purrs when you click buy. Right. Yes. The dope. Because when you think of Vagisil, that is like a note, like even being younger, like if someone was to come over and look in your shower and they saw Vagisil, they would think like, oh my God, like this person's gross or dirty or whatever. So then they came out with summer's Eve. So basically mass, the fact that it was anything to do with the vagina. It sounds so feminine. Right. But at the end of the day, it's like, who even cares? Like, it's not a gross thing, but it's like you just said in the beginning, like we were made like conditioned to think that like our vaginas and vulvas are gross and they're not they're not dirty they're 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 not not, right it's literally just another part of your body yeah so if you think about it that way like why are you adding an extra step of this special soap of summer's eve or vagisil is just another part of your body keep using your dove bar love it i wonder how much money we're going to save people i i wonder if I wonder if anyone's going to send like snaps or pit like pictures to us of them throwing out all of the things in their shower. I, so. like- I think there's alcohol in some of it. So don't set it on fire. But yeah. a couple of other things. I have never actually seen this in Cape Breton, but apparently this is a thing. Scented and dyed toilet papers. What? What? There's absolutely no need for that. I've heard of no. like wipes. Like you can get like the always wipes or like the, 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 um, Oh, no, you can get scented toilet paper. Scented or dyed toilet paper? There's no need for that. Just get a tushy. We've already, t- we're getting tushies. Oh, you guys discussed the tushy. There's no need yeah. for this. That's right. No need for that. Okay, throw that out if you have it. Throw that out. In terms of detergents, when you're doing your delicates, look for anything that's unscented, clean, oh, or free. Um, so basically, you're gentle laundry detergents and if you don't like that for the rest of your clothes that's fine but for your delicates Mm. make sure to get something that's unscented and gentle and the same thing if you dry your delicates don't use fabric softener okay we need to put a poll up to see who separates their delicates because i throw everything into oh my god me i throw everything into the wash like it goes all in one with the three tide pods and i wonder why i'm broken out down there like all the time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hello i get after patrick all the time because i can't have like dryer sheets bounce sheets or whatever type no. of sheets in any of my laundry okay but especially not those um and it, if my laundry's ever mixed up in his and he's doing it and i get it back he's like you never know and as soon as i like touch something You're like yes i'm like yep. oh i absolutely I can feel know. it on this like yeah. i have to rewash it it actually happened god bless my mother-in-law if you're listening to that you're an angel but 
after I, we had Bo, she did our bed sheets. So we'd come home to like a fresh sheets and like get into bed. Oh, that's in so nice. So sweet. But she didn't know that I can't use bed sheets. So like we get into bed that first night home from the hospital. And it was like five minutes later, where I was like, I think there's bed uh, sheets. We got to get up. Oh, I all of the bedding. I don't think I ever told her that. So uh, sorry. But yeah. Okay. So throw, don't use those yeah. on your deli. And again, it's fine for the other things if you like them, but just separate out your delicates, which apparently only like mega Martha Stewart fans like me are doing. Yeah. Shout out to Martha Stewart. You do a load of laundry with just your delicates? Yeah, but it would also be like delicate clothes. Oh. Right. Like your things that you don't want. Yes. Like your gentle which, I wish Before I cared COVID, enough. When I actually wore real clothes and not just scrubs. Right. I would have a fair amount of things that I would not want to put in a regular cycle. Yes. These days, it's pretty much just yeah. delicates. Right. Everything else is scrubs and sweatpants. Right. I wear scrubs until I come home and then I put on my sweatpants. Right. Yeah. And now so, do you guys have different degrees of sweatpants? Because now I've like labeled mine into like the fancy oh, sweatpants. Yes. <laughs> Comfy sweatpants. Absolutely. The date sweatpants. The, you know. And somehow it feels different like on the weekends to get out of your PJs and go into your sweatpants. Mm. Yeah, that's right totally does so Jill I have a, another question can our lady bits can I say that can I just say lady bits for one turn um yep. can yep. can it change based on like the time of month so when we're experiencing our menstrual cycle for example can we expect our vulva to be a little bit more sensitive or is it unrelated that's a good question I don't think I necessarily have a specific answer for everybody right there are some conditions like you can get endometriosis that actually affects your skin. Okay. And so that's definitely right. going to be deeply tied with your cycle. Your discharge is tied with your cycle. And some people are very sensitive to blood and that can oh, be very wow. irritating. And oh, some people cool. can be sensitive to pads and handbags. Yeah, I think that's so there's neat. a yes. lot that goes in there. So people, yes, absolutely. You can feel like your vulva, your vagina is more sensitive at different parts of your cycle. But it, without talking to each individual person, mm -hmm. it would be very hard to narrow down and give you a specific answer for everybody listening. Yeah, right. Because that would be something you'd have to tease out. Yeah. Like, okay, what's going on? What's going on the rest of the cycle? And I think that's an interesting different episode anyway, just to talk about menstrual cycles, period. Like, I feel like yeah, that's like a whole be, like, yes. another like topic Definitely. that I think like mm -hmm. a lot of people would have a lot of questions yep. about. Okay. Yeah, Absolutely. Perfect. Definitely. So, uh, we talked about cotton underwear. Yes. Ideally... Go commando at night. Oh, oh Again, okay. I was yeah. actually going to ask you if you thought if if cotton underwear is like I know some people who never wear underwear. Is that bad or is no, that better? That's actually better because again, when you're wearing tight clothes or if you're wearing anything that's including mm. the airflow around the vulva, it's not able to dry out. Oh. And warm wet areas promote bacteria and yeast to right. grow. So. Right. The reason I say don't wear underwear at night is because it gives the vulva the chance to be exposed to air and dry off, and then it discourages growth of nasty bacteria and yeast. But My husband is going to love you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do that, and I've tried. I feel so uncomfortable without underwear on. At nighttime, I feel like Even at night? I feel like it's like my safety net or something. Like I don't know. I feel like I've tried it, and I've just been. What if you got like? boxer short type underwear yeah maybe I could try mm -hmm. that to sleep in just to like transition yourself yeah. into it I'm gonna try it yeah, tonight and see true. how I get along pajama shorts but they're boxers mm -hmm. yeah just to like make the transition until you get used to it 
The other thing that I think all like tight clothes are not great, but we all wear them. Right. But I think it's that that stationary thing of you have your cute little leggings and your dress on, you get home and you probably should change out of them right away. But then instead you sit on the couch mm. and then you start to talk to honey and then, you know what, I should probably make supper and then let's watch squid games and then, <laughs> yeah. okay, it's time for bed and it's 10 PM and I never changed out of my clothes, even though I meant to at five. Right. So try to get out of those tight clothes. Um, one okay. thing that I read that I thought was so smart when I was getting ready for this podcast was if you wear pantyhose, wear the like garter type and only go up to the thigh or cut out the crotch area. So it like Reads. leaves oh. that area open. And that kind that of is brilliant. Mind. That's brilliant. And those areas never fit anyway. Here is I'm going to cut out all the crotch areas of my pantyhose. I am pumped right now. Yeah, they never I, fit I was, properly. I was, they never, they, no matter what, they don't fit properly. They're so tight and uncomfortable. I hate them. Yeah. So that kind of revolutionized my life last night. And I'm glad to share the love. Yeah. And the other thing, again, in that same, like we all get lazy, wet clothes, swimming clothes, gym clothes, get out of your wet clothes. I get how easy it is to instead sit on the couch. Right. I am so guilty of that. Right. You don't necessarily need to hop in the shower right away, but get out of those wet underwear. Okay. Right away. And I say that, like, I get so many of these things that I'm saying, I know I find hard to do myself. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's all like reminders. It's baby steps, right? Like, it's just things to think about, you know, it's not going to make the changes that you feel comfortable. Exactly. And some of these things might be a surprise to people too. You know, I don't know if it's all as common as we think it may be like common knowledge. The discharge thing blew my mind. And I think a lot of things that we've been handed down has been wrong. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And let's moving on to discharge. Mm. So discharge is normal. So most of the time that people come to see me because of discharge, it is normal. Okay. People want to know about this. Yes. And talk about it. it. As long as discharge is not caused by a disease. There's nothing you can do about it. But so, how do we know that? How do you know? So the red flag signs for discharge is if it's foul smelling. And we all, like we've been talking about, you do get odor down around your vulva. And that's just because of where it is with that warm, moist environment. Right. But if it's a different change and it's specific to the discharge, mm-hmm. discharge that is green, that is yellow or brown, or that is chunky white, like cottage cheese. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a red flag. If you have associated itching, if you're also red down below, and if sex is painful. Right. Okay. Those are things that you need to bring up. But if it's kind of like a clear mucusy discharge, that's normal. It can change in the amount during your cycle mm-hmm. and it changes a lot during pregnancy. And sometimes switching up birth control pills can change the amount that you have, but it is impossible for it to go away. You don't want it to go away. It has a function. It's right. cleaning things it's so out. Interesting. It's keeping the vagina lubricated. Like you, you need discharge. Yeah. You want discharge. And all my postmenopausal patients whose discharge decreases after menopause will tell you, don't hate on it. Right. Right. You're so dry. Must be so painful. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. let's just say, let's make sure everyone knows that it is so normal to have, I, I don't know what the right word is to use like a normal amount but what is normal so an amount that varies from person to person so discharge in itself is normal if the discharge that you've been having all your life is changing right then go get that checked out or if there's any other symptoms like itching or redness or pain right go get that checked out 
And if it, the red flags, like we said, the smell, the green, yellow, brown, or chunky white, those are reasons to get checked out. But if it's but the have, discharge that you've been having all your life, it's probably fine. Which is why it's extra important to get familiar with mm-hmm. yourself. So you know your level of normal. But also it's normal for all of us to have a minimal amount of discharge on our underwear every yeah. day or every week or at certain times of the month, if that's different, but that is normal, right? Like I that know that is normal. And we need to flip the script to say, yay, there's discharge. Like everything's working, yeah. right? Yeah. Instead of like, right. yeah. you know, it's normal. It has a function and we can't get rid of it. Even if you don't like it, there's nothing we can do to get rid of it. So the more important thing is to recognize what's abnormal, what needs to be brought to attention. Right. Right. And again, get used to your own body, your own physiology. Mm. Know what's normal for you. And if you're not sure, if you're sitting and you've been worrying about this for ages, go get checked mm-hmm. out, get your right. swabs done. And if everything comes back fine, there's no infection and that discharge is normal for you. Right. Right. Other problems, other things to look out for. So we all get itch from time to time. And if it comes and it goes, that's fine. Or if you have an obvious reason, like you said, in your swimsuit for three hours at the beach and didn't dry right. off properly and then you're a bit itchy for the day after like that happens that's nothing to worry about but itch that persists day after day and that interferes with your quality of life and you're itching at night and sometimes you'll wake up and there's blood flecks on your sheets or under your nails because you've been scratching mm-hmm. that is never normal that is not okay you need to go see a doctor mm-hmm. and if your doctor won't actually look below you need to get seen by a gynecologist or someone who will Okay. Because there's lots of skin conditions that you can get all over your body and therefore that you can get mm-hmm. on your vulva. And there's some skin conditions that are specific to the vulva. And without somebody looking, you don't know. And the big one is that itch is a common sign of vulva cancer. Mm. Wow. So if you're having that daily unremitting, excruciating itch, you need to get checked right. out. Okay. Know- and I've seen so many women come to my office who have been having itching for literal years. Wow. And then you get them started on treatment Mm -hmm. for their lichen sclerosis or their eczema. And then like this. Wow. I think too, and maybe this is, maybe this is just my perception, but I do think it's a common misconception that people may be a little bit nervous to ask about the itch because they're then worried about like an STD or their sexual history, Mm -hmm. or it means that they're dirty, or it means that they're not taking care of themselves or the doctor will have some, idea of them Mm -hmm. that isn't true or whatever, right? Like there's so much guilt or shame around it sometimes. So let's talk about that. Then you just named a couple, I think, but there are underlying issues to the itch. There are things that can cause itch. Yeah. And different ones can come at different times in your life cycle. Some are things that you live with all your life, like eczema. Some are things that you have for a little bit of time. You can treat it and it goes away. Um, But unless you get checked out, you don't know. And to be honest, of all the people that have been referred to me for chronic itching, not one has been because of an STD. Itching related to any sort of STD is usually internal. Right. Right. And it's usually acute. Mm-hmm. It comes on all of a sudden and it goes away. Even without treatment, it'll go away. But right. itching that is happening every day, all the time, that's not normal. So your doctor is not going to think any less of you if you go in there and talk about an itch like you have to get that checked out no and there's nothing worse than seeing people who have been itching and miserable for years and then finding out that they have cancer Mm -hmm. or some of these conditions even if they don't lead to cancer can actually close off your vagina wow wow or close it off to a degree that sex is painful Mm -hmm. and it becomes very hard to treat so don't let these things 
fester. Get checked out. Go and get checked out. That's true for the if the itch is at in any part of the areas you labeled prior, right? Yeah. Like so that itching that's internal is often related to some sort of like yeast infection, bacterial vaginosis, these non in, like not STD type infections. Right. Itching that's on the outside can be related to skin conditions like lichen sclerosis or lichen planets. And then there are some skin conditions that can actually affect the vagina as well and make it itchy there. Okay. So any of those areas that are itchy need to get checked out. So, and you said if you go to a doctor and the doctor, if the doctor doesn't want to look at you down there, they should refer you to a gynecologist. Refer or go to the Well Women's Clinic. Okay. Okay. That was going to be my next question is where can women go if they don't have access to a gynecologist or they don't think they'll get access in a long time? Where can they go if their doctor's not doing that? Okay. So the Well Women's Clinic. That's good to know. Yeah. Like where you would go get your pap test. Right. Okay. Other, so look for redness too when you're doing your self-exams. Again, sometimes you can link your redness to something that you've done. You went on a bike ride. It was hot. You didn't change. Mm-hmm. Right. So, And if that happens, just watch it and make sure it goes away. That's fine. But again, if it persists, if it's painful, if it's itchy, that can be a problem. And then you want to look for unusual lumps or bumps where there's change in the color of skin, change in the color of your texture of your skin. If it gets thicker or thinner, specifically, you want to look for white or red patches. Mm-hmm. You're only going to know about them if you've right. looked. And the other thing that you can see down there are moles. Mm, Right. And as we all know, moles can become cancer. And the usual rules apply for moles on your vulva that apply everywhere else on your body. You want to make sure that they're symmetric, that they have regular sharp borders, that they're not multicolored, that they're less than six millimeters, and that they don't change. Right. So those are the ABCDEs of moles. A is for asymmetry, B is for borders, C is for color, D is for diameter, mm-hmm. and E is for evolving. Now, I assume, Jill, that like when we go for our PAPs, doctors are, mm-hmm. I know that they're just basically seeing what they need to see, but like, are they ever looking for, the, for that stuff? Like, are they looking at the vulva for any changes or are they just mm-hmm. basically going in, doing the PAP, and then that's it? Like, in your case. I can only speak to yeah. myself. Um, but for me, whenever I do any bit patient who comes, to see me who gets a pelvic exam gets an external exam as well of looking at the skin and looking at all the structures Yeah, as part and parcel of it. To talk about some of other reasons for an itch, I think we've talked about this before, Jill, but can hormones impact that? Yep, absolutely. Especially anything that causes your estrogen level to drop can make your skin unhappy. Um, And it can cause dryness and itch and painful sex and just pain in general, because that amount of your amount of discharge decreases, the thickness of the skin decreases, and it becomes like two raw surfaces rubbing on Mm -hmm. each other. Right. So we see it in pre-puberty girls, we see it in postmenopausal women, we see it in pregnancy, but then there are some people who do get these skin changes related to hormones, even in their reproductive years. Okay. They're the outliers, but it does happen, which is why it doesn't matter what age you are listening to this, if you have some of those problems that we discussed, you still have to go get checked out. Right. So we had um, a specific question come through. Mm -hmm. So the one about vulvar vestibulitis and vaginismus. So those are two completely different things, actually. You can have both at the same time, but they're two different issues. So we'll talk about the vulvar vestibulitis first. 
There's a lot of names for this. And the one that I actually prefer to use is vulvodynia, but you'll hear vulvar vestibulitis and vestibulodynia. It's all the same thing. Basically what it is is persistent pain that affects the vestibule of the vagina. So that area just inside the labia minora that lasts for over three months. And after a full workup, there's no identifiable cause. Okay. And it's something that we're still learning a lot about right now. We don't have one specific cause. And at the end of the day, in 10, 15 years, we're probably going to say that it has many different factors, genetic factors, inflammation, hormone, trauma, many different things. But currently the thought process is that there's some inciting event you have some sort of trauma or infection, and it might have been so long in the past that you can't even identify what it was. And that causes some inflammation around the uh, vestibule. Inflammation leads to the nerve fibers growing and replicating, which de- makes things more painful. So you become hypersensitized. So things that should not be painful, like just existing mm-hmm. or sex or tampons, are perceived by your brain as pain. Wow. So we don't, the question is why some people get it and other people don't. And there is no good answer for that, but it is a common problem and affects three to 15% of women. Wow. And there's even within that broad heading of vulvodynia, it can be all over the vestibule. It can be in one specific area. It can only happen if you have sex or, or putting in a tampon or it could be all the time. You can have an obvious cause like you know, I had a really bad yeast infection and it's been causing problems ever since, or you might not be able to identify this specific triggering instant uh, incident. It can be something that comes and goes, like you have pain sometimes, but not others. It can be constant. It can be worsening. So it's a whole bunch of different things. So we don't have a one-stop shop for what causes it or what will fix it for people. So again, it's something that you need to go mm-hmm. see your doctor get checked out, have a conversation and then about find it. a specific yeah. discussion about what's going to help for you. What you can do on your own at home while you're waiting for a consult and God knows I get it. Consults take forever. They take even longer now. Uh, <laughs> thank you, COVID. Um, take a look at your vulvar hygiene uh, make sure that there's nothing there that could be worsening your symptoms. You can like do all sit- of the things we just talked about. All the things like that we the- just talked about. Okay. Yeah. Um, sits fast, which is just warm water with Epsom salts or colloidal oatmeal, nothing else and not your scented Epsom salts. Right. Right. Like I am an absolute hoe for like lavender Epsom salts, <laughs> but when you're having problems, it needs to be just like your medical grade, right. not fancy. That's going on the next t-shirt. Read. <laughs> I'm a hoe for yeah, lavender, lavender Epsom salts. <laughs> And, like, I love them. I do. I really do. They make fats so nice. But if you're having skin problems, you right. just need right. the Epsom salts. Right. It's the regular can, ones, the ones that you get like a pound and it's $3. because Right. Nothing. Can you use um, tea for your sits bath as well? Or is that- you can. Yeah. Um, cold tea. Right. Please, nobody jump into hot water. And actually, that could be a vulvar hygiene thing that we could just jump in now. Yeah. I love super hot baths where it's almost painful. That's yes. not great for your skin, guys. I get Don't it. Don't do it, Jill. No. I want the hot this bath. This is why I, I get every showers. Baths scare me in I, general, but. Now we know bath. I have so I many it. issues, guys. <laughs> like all of the Everything things. Jill say, don't do it. Jessica's like, like Jessica's <laughs> routines. <laughs> Jessica sinks down in her seat a little bit more every, every point you've made. Uh. 
<laughs> if you're having pain, the other thing that you can do is make yourself a padsicle. Yes. So you take pads, put them in some water. And this is where the tea would be really good, Sarah, that you yes. add the tea bags to the water that you soak the pad in. Put the pad in the freezer and then it's perfectly shaped for when you're having pain around the vulva. But do not put it on your bare skin. Underwear first, then your ice pack. And if you want to walk around and do things, put another pair mm. of underwear on to hold up that yeah. ice pack, but do not put your ice pack on your bare skin. Right. And those are popular, I know, postpartum. And I loved sits baths. Oh, sits baths are life. Yeah. Any friends who had babies. Yeah. Well, now that you're saying it, I'm like, that makes so much sense. I never really thought about it. And it's the advice I give everyone when they have babies for the first time. I'm like, don't skip the sits bath. Mm -mm. Don't sleep on the sits baths. They're amazing. And it's a good excuse to have a few minutes to yourself. Just sit there. It is so good. Oh, the sits bath. It's so good. And don't sleep on them if you're having pain or if you're having skin issues. That's good. Take time for yourself, guys thought of that before what about tux pads now that we're talking about it it's witch hazel is that i would be very cautious if i was having issues with my skin with the witch hazel in case okay. it comes burning. yeah okay i would lean towards just the sits bath or the tea perfect if it was pain hmm. maybe i've used them, for, again, head- I would probably I've used them for hemorrhoids i don't even find that they really do much okay i mean that's just me but like for hemorrhoids, yeah. I've been like, I've like obviously tried everything we know. If you listen to the podcast, you know about my hemorrhoids. Uh, the little hemi. But also I mm-hmm. haven't had hemorrhoids in a really I remember long that time. Episode. So Yay. there you go. Also, I haven't had Taco Bell in a really a long time. Win. But anyway, <laughs> we're doing good. <laughs> Talking about determining Funny factors. Like, that can, like traumatize you. Yeah. Yeah. Contributing factors is right. Yeah. So then the other problem that was asked about was vaginismus. And that is very different from vulvar vestibulitis, but it, both of them can cause pain with intercourse. So they kind of get smushed together when they're two totally different things. So two so separate issues. Two totally separate issues. So the vestibulitis, that's that inflammation of the vestibule that causes the nerves to become overly sensitive. So you get pain with touch. Vaginismus is an involuntary contraction of the muscles with penetration. Oh, so because you've got that contraction of your muscles, that's what's causing the pain. It's not actually within the skin itself. It's those tight muscles that cause pain. Both of them cause pain with sex. They cause pain with tampons going in, but it's two totally different ways of getting there. Interesting. So that contraction of muscles, is it only happening when it's sensing danger? Like when something's being inserted or can that happen to you at any point? It's specific to penetration. Okay. Okay. With again, and that could be during intercourse. That could be with tampons. It could be with dilators. Like if you have patients who need right. to use dilators after radiation, anything. So there is that fear response, which probably okay. triggers it. Okay. But what happens is, you know, if you've had intercourse and it was painful, or if you've had vaginitis and things are painful, you have pain for some reason. So that your muscles contract when you have sex because it's painful. Then your brain starts to subconsciously predict that things are going to be painful. So it contracts without you really realizing it or thinking about it. And it happens over and over and over again. And then you get this constant contraction of the muscles. And I'm sure all of us are doing that with our shoulders right now during wave hundred of the pandemic. The same thing can happen in your pelvis and it can lead to pain. It can lead to pain in the pelvic floor. It can lead to dyspareunia. You can have constant pain from it, pain with sex, pain with tampon insertion. And that's treated with specialized physiotherapy called pelvic floor physio that here in Cape Breton, uh, Alana Cody and Melissa McDonough do. 
Yes. So at, pelvic floor physio is amazing. Everybody needs to be doing pelvic floor physiotherapy. Yeah. So is that something that if, if listeners out there are experiencing that or have been told they might have it or they feel like they do, mm-hmm. can they contact to set up pelvic floor Yes. Floor here, here or is that something can. that should go through a doctor first? You can set up here okay. um, through just calling your yourself. Um, if your listeners are not in Cape Breton, I'm not sure you'd have to check out and right. just look up. You know, I would just Google pelvic floor physio in where you are or women's health physio. Uh, here, definitely, you can just call and set up your appointment. And even if you're waiting for an appointment, I think it would be something that's good to try. I love it when people come to me and they're like, Hey, I started this. I'm feeling better. I don't really think I need you. I love that. Yeah. Is that something that needs a diagnosis first? Or is that something a physiotherapist can say during pelvic floor physio? I think you have this, you know what I mean? I I think at least working so closely with Alana Melissa all the time, I know for sure that they would feel comfortable Mm -hmm. making that diagnosis and directing them to an OBGYN or back to the OBGYN if they felt things weren't progressing normally or if they felt that something else was at play. Right. They're super knowledgeable, Mm -hmm. so well-trained. They know what they're dealing with. Right. That's good. Yeah, that's really good to know. So Jill, obviously this has been another incredible episode so much good info is there anything else you want us to know the listeners know about vulvar dermatology don't be ashamed Mm. yes ask ask your questions and ask if you feel that something needs to be looked at ask your doctor to look at it again this is what we talked a little bit about last time specifically say what you're right right don't assume i'm really worried about this i want somebody to look to make sure that there is no whatever that you're worried about. Um, but don't be ashamed about your questions. Don't be ashamed about your concerns, bring them up. Don't sit and stew and worry because either you're going to feel a lot better because you're going to be reassured, which is going to happen 99% of the time. Right. Or there is something wrong in that 1% of the time and you're better off dealing with it and treating it Right. Then dealing with the unknown and letting things get worse. And I want to mention this too, because obviously we see one another, but everyone listening just hears, but you'll notice like everyone listening, you'll notice in the episodes, how I hesitated um, at a few of the topics because I was uncomfortable and I'm comfortable around Jill, but it is vulnerable to bring these topics up, even though I consider Mm -hmm. you Jill, like a friend, you know what I mean? Like we're having a really good conversation, but it's still like, you're not in your white coat. We're not in an office. It's still vulnerable. And when I was having that like anxious feeling of saying it, you were, your reaction to me, like you were just looking at me, like you were just waiting for me to say it. You were, do you know what I mean? Like it was a very non-judgmental. You were wondering, like, it's almost like you were looking at me being like, why are you uncomfortable? It's okay. Like, just say it, just say it. Like, what is it? And it's a non-judgmental look and feeling. And it's, yeah, it's just really great. So for those. I promise I, I have heard it. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. Guys, but I just appreciate I that, right. That you're, you were just ready to receive the question and it made me feel comfortable to say it, right. Like just let it out, let it out. Right. What's your, yeah, point? what is normalizing, it? Normalizing it. So, and, and I think if we make an effort to talk with our gal pals a bit more, mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's so gonna true. That is so but talk true. to your girlfriends, talk to your sisters. Absolutely. That is so true. Love it. Like, and in closing, like, every vulva is a good vulva. Dry, <laughs> discharge like all of those words just say yeah. it out loud because just say the other people are thinking about them too or have and or will 
they've had that problem. They are having that problem. That's right. They will have that problem. They will have that problem. We talk need to about talk it. about it. And, and Jess, I think we are so undereducated mm, in women's health in general. Oh, and yeah. the only way that we're going to fix that is by talking to each other. I Amen. so agree wholeheartedly with that. Yeah, it's so true. And it'll and be Jess, scary at first and then it'll stop being scary. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Because it will be more common and normal. And, Normalized. You know, absolutely. That'll just be um, something that you talk yep. about. Jess, I also think you should remember you're asking Jill these questions, and you're, but you're also asking it on a platform right. where other people are listening exactly. to you. So the confidentiality piece is right. a little out there. So right. you're feeling vulnerable 100%. anyway when we talk to our healthcare professionals, but in this environment, probably even a little bit more so. So yeah. we thank you for yes, thank you. That was awesome. points and asking those questions because it's important. If you're thinking about it and you're asking the question, someone else is like, thank God she asked that yeah. question. I hope so. so and that's why, yeah, that's why I think it's like important for us, Sarah, to say these things because it's, this is what we're exactly. doing. This is what we're here for, right? So as uncomfortable as it can yeah. be, you gotta take one for the team. Um that was our goal. This whole And if thing, you're at right? your doctor, please, please, please don't not ask something mm. because you're shy or embarrassed. Sleep it out. Right. That like, is your opportunity. Show them in a message. We have heard it. <laughs> I don't want to say this out loud, say but here it's on a note. Can you write it, it down? Yeah. Do it whatever it takes because it's not worth sitting at home worrying about. Mm. I love it's that. So true. Um it's so you're gonna true. suffer so, longer for not asking. Yeah, that's so true. That's Even right. if you are embarrassed, that lasts like 30 seconds. And it'll be more embarrassing later if it you forgot you didn't ask or and then the issue persists and then you have to say, oh, I've been dealing with this for X amount of time. Right. You know, like you just, you might as well do it. Just rip, rip the bandaid band off. Yeah. Let's do it. So do we, it know, we know some points from the episode to recap throughout the Vagisil and Summer's Eve or the wash in general, your generic washes, we won't call Keep it. Anything targeted for ladies with a pink tag. Yeah, exactly. Anything targeted to you to make you feel like you're less than or dirty or smelly in any way, throw it out. Don't scrub. Pat to dry. You can just use water. Keep it simple. Wear your cotton undies. Go commando at night. Take off the tight clothes mm. as soon as you can. Cut out the crotch of your minimal pantyhose. amount of time. That's right. Which all three of us are like going to be doing tonight. Oh, I can't wait. Craft time. It's amazing. And on oh, three. we should do it next one and together. Don't. It was like craft night. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Don't stay in your wet clothes. And then your excessive dryness, your excessive itch that persists. Anything bumps that changes down there, lumps and bumps. Your bumps and lumps, Jill, can they be under the skin and on top of them? Yeah, like, anything that okay. you're worried about, you need to let yeah. us know. That's right. So moral of the story is look down there, look down there often, get familiar with it so that you can recognize these things. And then you can talk to your healthcare professionals about it. And them. then on three, can we get a, every vulva is a good vulva? Every vulva, every, every vulva, vulva is a good vulva. vulva. A good vulva. <laughs> so Jill, I do have a, what would you rather question? Are you ready for it? Love it. Yeah. Would you rather spend a week in the forest or a night in a real haunted house oh night in a real haunted house you I totally would that be fun goes. for oh you my god guys? i want i no it would be so scary but i want to know i need to know <laughs> if they're there or if they're not love it i mean a i night? think they are it, i um, would not sleep it would suck but it's just one a night, night in a haunted know. house or a week in the forest right? Which one are you picking, Jess? I'm going to go in the haunted house because I can't handle like the bugs and the elements. So I'll yeah. have to deal with the one night. Yeah, I'm joining you for sure. I don't think I'll do a week in the forest unless I'm like in a hot or cool tree house or something. But I think I would do the night in the haunted house and I would yeah. do yeah. it. 
talk with them. Talk with them. It's fun about water to be a little scared. Oh, God. I'm like, I'm Sarah and I are there with a Ouija board. Yeah. Like, Please, God, go. Tell us, why are you here haunting us? What happened? Who hurt you? Yeah. Tell us more. <laughs> this was so educational, as always, Jill. So we thank you for your time and your knowledge and sharing it with us all. We it hope is my you. Pleasure. Yeah, we hope you learned something. We hope you get more familiar with yourself out there. Everyone's pulling out the pocket mirrors or their phones or taking a look down there. We I hope so. You too. I, I hope, hope so you too. all are doing that. I hope so too. If you have any other questions for us, if you have a topic you think we should talk about for our next wine and guide, let us know because Jill is joining us again. Mm-hmm. We promise yeah. we will make you wait course, a million yes. months. Oh God, yes. Seven months. Yeah, we won't, <laughs> we won't make do you that wait again. that long this time. So thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for joining us around the table. Jill, it is always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to be here. Can't wait for the next one. Us too. Cheers to that. Cheers. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast and give us a review. You can find us on social media at the Morning Meeting Podcast. And connect with us through email at themorningmeetingpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for sitting around our table, Sarah and Jess.